You're listening to the Brand Builders Podcast with your hosts, Scott Dunstan and Brian Young. Welcome to another episode of the award-winning Brand Builders Podcast powered by the Dunstan Group. My name is Brian Young. We are here with the president of the Dunstan Group, Scott Dunstan. We are here with two gentlemen from bar brands. Now, I got to tell you, I like to drink. I have two kids. It probably makes me want to drink a little bit more. So I'm excited about bar brands. Now, I don't go to bars as much anymore, but I think this is going to be an amazing story. We have Daniel Sargent and Brian Thomason, and we're going to talk a little bit about this. Now, pop quiz for you here. This nearly $200 billion industry employs uh, is responsible for more than 4 million jobs in the U.S., generates 70 million in tax revenue every single year. Any guesses? Yep, you got it. It's alcohol, alcohol, and alcohol. Now, that market is forecast to continue to grow with new products, product categories entering the ring every single day. Daniel and Brian represent two of these newcomers to the market. They're here to tell us all about that. One of them is Sunshine, Sunshine Punch excuse me, and Reverend Whiskey, and they represent bar brands. We're so excited to tell this story. We got a little bit of insight uh, because Scott's friends with somebody that uh, I believe is going to be joining your team. But thank you guys so much, and welcome to this episode of the award-winning brand builders podcast thank you for having us thanks bro guys welcome to the show um yeah tell excuse me tell us a little bit about sunshine punch and the reverend whiskey uh let's start with sunshine um because literally this thing is it, it was made by friends for friends um this thing was designed god this has been in our circles for 20 years and we've got a one of the original founders toby church um he had, he, Amazing Chef had home-created this thing in his kitchen, and he was giving it out as presents to friends. And the first time I ever tasted this product, um, it was around a campfire up in the mountains of North Carolina. And then it became a tradition. Like, we always knew he was bringing a jar of this thing to every, every camping trip we ever did. And, uh, you know, fast forward, we came into a position where we were creating bar, and we were like, we've got this great thing over here. That's amazing tasting. How do we commercialize it? Um, and 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 we knew we wanted to stay. And so you know, for everybody's here, look, look, we've got samples of it. So for everybody oh, here, snap. we do. Let's. Uh, you, you can. T- this is the first time we've done a cheers on the podcast. I well, I take that back. We did it one time with Twenty Four Foundation a long time ago, but we've never had somebody that brought their own cheers, alcohol guys. that they make. Cheers. Absolutely. Cheers. Tell us about it. Hmm. Mm. Daniel, why don't you tell them about what it is, and then I'll get into the order. It's delicious, dude. That is delicious. Tastes like bourbon creamsicle. <laughs> and I've been hearing about this for. Oh my years god, that's now. dangerous, my, bro. That is. Uh, finally, get a sip. That is incredible, incredible. So, hmm. so I think if you if you back up one step, Brian and I got involved in the spirits industry uh, during COVID, where uh, and I've known I've known Brian since we were eighteen years old, and and since then he's talked me into all kinds of hijinks and and shenanigans and. <laughs> During COVID, I wasn't working much, and, and he had just come off of uh, a, a different industry, and he said, I, I, I've got our next thing. We're going to Montana, and we're going to buy a bourbon company. I said, that's the stupidest thing you've ever said. We're 100% not going to do that. And I was on a plane 36 hours later to Missoula, Montana. And um, we, we, we invested, um, minority investors in a, in a distillery in Missoula, Montana, called the Montana Whiskey Company. It's sitting right here, right next to the, uh, the other two products we mentioned. Uh, because it is part of the story. But uh, in that process, we had an opportunity to take that product that Toby Church had had um, 
how do, how do we put it, brought to market in a, in a non-official manner, uh, we had an opportunity to maybe look at doing that in an official manner. And we said, you know what, this is delicious, and I'm not sure anything exists like that. So, Brian, you just said uh, orange creamsicle. I mean, that's exactly what it is. It's, it's an orange creamsicle ready-to-pour uh, spirit, and we took it to a beverage formulation firm in Chicago, Imbibe. They worked on it for many months to get it just right and, and match that match that formula, but with more replicatable and, and maybe easier to find ingredients. And they came up with a formula. We got our brand firm uh, involved, a, a group that we had met in Portland, Oregon, and they're very much a part of our company. And they looked at it and said, man, that's sunshine punch. And one of many fortuitous things that happened along the way, that was a very recently abandoned trademark by Hawaiian punch. And we scooped it. And, uh, and the, the rest is kind of history. We just kept on hitting all these markers and, and, and it came to market and people did exactly what you all just did. Big smile, look at us and say, wow, that's good. <laughs> yeah, That's awesome. I can feel it too. It's just a shot. I know. It's going to be yeah. a fun podcast. And the branding, the, the bottle is freaking beautiful. amazing. It's beautiful. Like it's right on point. Like if, if I hadn't even seen that, that might be what I would envision, uh, you know. Right. How to find it, right? You know, the, the, the irony of the talking about how something looks on a podcast is definitely... Uh, yeah, that's tough. It's, We're it's not videoing tough, but, this, but... Uh, well, I want to know, you guys talked about taking this to like camping trips and things like that. What were the original ingredients? Like, how did we make this where you guys said, this is Ooh. fantastic, or can you not tell us? That and that's fine as well. I, yeah, it's not proprietary at all. It's actually the actually opposite of that, whatever. <laughs> that's why we got uh, the formulation house involved, because we could not use any of the things that <laughs> went into it, uh, or otherwise we would be in big trouble. Um, no, but it's, you know, it's one of those things where um, he mentioned he mentioned our brand firm, um, and out of all of the things that we, all the landmines we've stepped on, all the mistakes we've made, um, all the places we've gotten lucky, it was meeting Jack Peterson at, at Sandstrom Partners was the, it was, it's the secret sauce of everything. And, and I, I strongly encourage you to go look at their website. Like they created Bullet Bourbon. They created Aviation Gin. They created St. Germain. Like they're the who's who of brand creation firms. And we have truly partnered with this guys. So everything that you see here and everything you will see out of us comes through their brand creation. But whenever we knew we had a great product and, and Jack has always said, whenever you, you're creating something, you got to do it one of two ways. You got to create a brand. You got to, you got to, you got to have a product and wrap a brand around it. Or you got to start with a brand and pour delicately pour a product in it. And this was the one where we had the product we had a great product. We had to figure out, you know, how to make a brand around it. And, you know, the first thing that we went to was aesthetics. And so what does this want to look like? A orange creamsicle. If you think about what an orange creamsicle is, everybody has this Pavlovian moment. Like when you say that, it, it takes them back somewhere. It's, it's a push-up pop. It's Man, it's the first time you got to ride your bike from your neighborhood to your buddy's neighborhood across town. It's a hot summer day. It's chasing an ice cream truck. Everybody had this nostalgic thing. And so what we wanted to do was come up with something that was nostalgically fresh. You know, my co-founder, Matt Hemmings, coined that phrase, nostalgically fresh. What that bottle is is 1960s, 1970s California cool. Like, oh. it, is, it is designed to be, man, I've, I, this is brand new, but I feel like I've known it forever. Mm-hmm. Um, and we got lucky with Sunshine Punch. You know, everybody that name's like, oh, what do I know that from? Well, it, it, it's something out there. We got lucky with that. But then we really had to create, um, you know, that's that's the aesthetic. 
all right, what is what what is it to us? And to us, it's it's what I said. It's made for friends by friends. At Bar, we've we're created a culture of our people. Jonathan, Daniel, Matt, Toby. I mean, we have our team is our culture, and we've all known each other for twenty plus years. And and when I first started drinking that, it was around a campfire with friends. And what we wanted to do is we wanted to make the brand about being sessionable, about creating moments with other friends. And that's that's kind of been our whole thing. And and now the hard part, and this is the thing where most people screw brands up. It is you create a good brand and then you deviate from it. Like how do you stay within the guardrails? How do you stay authentic and true? And that's that's what we're really aiming and trying to do is right now is stay within those guardrails. How's it going? And and how do you go to market uh, with your product? Okay, so uh, as the as the president of sales for Bar Brands, uh, I'm uniquely qualified to answer that question. Uh, <laughs> no pressure. <laughs> Perfect. Well, you actually, and and we mentioned Montana whiskey, and we were we were investors in that company, but that company very much existed prior to our involvement, and we incubated Sunshine Punch from the ground up uh, from our inner circle. So the first thing we did was work with the group to say, okay, this is ours. Uh, this is in a, in a way, ours, what could we do to create sort of the overarching company? And that's where BAR came from. And it stands for Bartenders, Artists, and Renegades. Um, it is an acronym. And, uh, <laughs> and the first thing we had to do was build the infrastructure of that because we wanted to add brands. We wanted to bring new products from within the organization as well as products from outside the organization. And we have a mix of that right here on the table in front of us. But what our task has been uh, is to get distribution, which we did. Uh, Sunshine Punch, actually, in April, we went down to Orlando, and it won the best new spirit brand at the uh, World Spirits and Wine, wow. uh, WSW, Wine and Spirits Wholesalers awesome. of America. I always get that acronym sort of flip-flop. But Wine and Spirits Wholesalers of America. We entered the brand battle. We won regional. Then we won the, the whole damn thing. Um, <laughs> That's awesome. And, and that really man. got us connected to uh, distribution opportunities. And uh, we're partnered with a number of distributors. Nationally, we're attached to Southern Glazers. Uh, they've been a fantastic partner of ours, as as have our regional uh, partners. But we also needed to build an organization of our own. So I've been tasked with finding people in the markets. Uh, we'd love to get young, hungry sales representatives who are going to go out there, fit our culture, fit the brand, and take it to the masses. I mean, that's the thing, right? Get sure. to the coasts. I mean, Sunshine Punch is easy. Get it to the beaches. Get it to the boats. Uh, get it to the lake. We're entering the winter now. We're finding that it plays just as well at a, at a ski shack mm -hmm. halfway up the mountain. A um, oh, little yeah. bit of sunshine to uh, to brighten your day when uh, you've been on the slopes. So we're we're building an organization that is going to take these brands out and really find that place that this resonates. And it's crossed a number of different boundaries already. And we're just we're just excited to have a team that's growing day by day, week by week. I mean, it's. It's a, I don't sleep much. It's, it's uh, yeah, right. <laughs> you sleep he, when you die. He that's he that's he always sleep my much philosophy. Before this, so yeah, yeah. Are you, <laughs> totally fair. When you guys talk about going to market, is this selling direct into restaurants, a place like Beach Mountain Ski Resort, uh, as well as selling through ABC a state of North Carolina with yeah, ABC and things like that? So it's both. Great question. It, uh, it's 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 unique state to state. Okay. Um, North Carolina is a little different than other states. Control state, like it or not. Anything that you sell to Char Bar or any other bar or restaurant's got to go through an ABC store first. Mm -hmm. So 
the selling that we do on the front end has to first be getting it seated in Mecklenburg County. And, and the folks in Mecklenburg County have been super supportive to us in all of our products. Um, great team over there. So then it's about pulling it through with consumers at their retail locations, but then it's also about pulling it through with the bars and restaurants. So we have to actually sell, but those guys buy it from from uh, the ABC stores. But, it, you know, w- one thing that we learned when we went into market with this, we thought this thing's going to be drank straight over ice, and, you know, it's and that's that's the way it's going to be drank. What it's turned out to be is it's turned out to – and, and that's, that is how it's drank um, a lot of times, but it's also turned out to be the bartender's best friend. Because there's nothing behind the bar that tastes like an orange creamsicle. Mm-hmm. And so we get inbound messages from mixologists all the time saying, look what I created. And, and you know, one of the things that we've been shocked about, this thing is playing well with coffee and coffee-flavored mm-hmm. flavors. And I never mm-hmm. would have thought of it. But, but it's just amazing. Like, we thought it was one thing, and the world said, ha, that's funny. Yeah, hold, hold my drink. It's, it's actually this. Uh, What's the what's the craziest thing is is it that or what else have they created because I bet that is the coolest thing to open an inbox and you're probably running over to Brian going you are never going to freaking believe what these people just created look what they put it in and then do you you guys have to go try that right like oh, if you you have to you have to go hold on uh, market, yeah, yeah, market, market, market research market research has to be awesome these boys get paid to drink yeah. it's pretty cool I, uh, uh, I was an English major and now I feel like I've got a minor in mixology I don't I don't know how that happened but that's awesome it. it it definitely, you know, the, the thing we were laughing about yesterday, actually, when somebody said, you know, give me your, give me your highlights. Uh, we've, we've tried to create a recipe list or a cocktail list that is accessible, but some of the more high profile folks that we've talked to or, or that have just inbounded um, drink recipes, we're reading them. I'm going, man, I don't know half of the ingredients yeah. in this thing. <laughs> um, so we've gotten some pretty wild ones that taste amazing. Uh, but maybe not replicatable at the home bar. Mm-hmm. So we've got, you know, we've got our recipe card that we would take to a Crunkleton or something like that, where they've got all of that, you know, accessible ingredients. Um, but you know, again, the home flavors. One of our one of our top ones was somebody mixed it with um, Casador's Cafe, which is a, a coffee flavored liqueur um, with tequila in it, and boom, it's 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 been a smash shooter for us at a lot of bars, restaurants, things like that. So it, it, it varies. It definitely varies. But I've been just completely surprised at how many different ways this thing will play. I'm actually looking at your Instagram right now, and you guys have a, a, a post about that. And that's crazy. Yeah. I love it. So now that you guys have, have you, and I love that you guys focused on the brand first. Heck, you're on the Brand Builders podcast. We appreciate that. But that's really, really important. And I think this is, a, as, is an avenue. And I'll actually use the, the podcast as an example. When we started our podcast back in 2017, we're renting space at Huga. We would have people that would walk over and look in the glass mirror like, what are they doing? Is this a radio show? What is that? Well, now you fast forward to 2023. There's millions of podcasts out there. People can start a podcast on your phone. But I also think the barrier to entry into the the liquor world, the whiskeys, the bourbons, there's probably a lot that people don't really know. And I think there's a lot of challenges. And you talked about stepping on landmines. When you guys had this idea and then you went to market and the brand was first, what were some of those landmines that you hit? And how have you guys overcome those to get to the point that you're at? Um, yeah, one of the biggest ones was, um, you know, crawl, walk, run. Mm-hmm. Um we had some great investors um, who really believe in us and we're so thankful for them. And, you know, we, we tried to be bigger than we really were. So we tried to be all things to everybody from a, you know, global national marketing standpoint. And 
one of the things Jonathan's really taught us is, man, take a step back. Like whenever you're entering these markets, don't don't. He he has implemented the idea of let's do let's do marketing for micro at a macro level, mm-hmm. and so instead of going out and finding an influencer that has a hundred has a million followers and might only and, and you might only be in seven of the geographies where they're strong in, go out and find that local influencer that has. 10,000 followers, but they're the right followers. Mm-hmm. And activate that way. Grassroots it out. Grassroots it. F- do that five times in North Carolina instead of one time regionally. Mm-hmm. And then go re- repeat that in Florida. So we, we made some we, – we, we've learned a lot uh, there. Uh, I would say we've, we've learned a lot in, in hiring. You know, we're, we're, building, we're building a sales force and, and a team – Faster than it, than is, is is should be. Yeah, definitely. <laughs> yeah. I, our our consultant said to me on 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 the phone the other day. He said, "Man, I I I appreciate what you're trying to do. Somebody just threw you off of a cliff and and told you to build an airplane on the way down." Um, and I said, "Well, thank you for that. I, I needed for less that. sleep." Um, but I, I think too, we want to put the right people in place. Um, we want to teach them how to work smarter. Um, you can go knock on bars and restaurants all day long. Uh, at the end of the day, we're a new brand. They don't know us unless by some chance they've, they've seen us in a retail store or they've been on our Instagram. Um, it's, it's, it, even though we're building out a pretty robust sales force for a supplier, it's still a drop in the bucket in terms of uh, what they're able to do on their own. So getting connected to distribution networks, finding the people in a market that you can push on to say, hey, we're a new brand, but we're very unique. Uh, we've got a great package. We've got great juice. How can I take that information and get it to as many people as possible in, in the shortest amount of time? So teaching them how to work smarter, not work harder, uh, utilize their networks, utilize their local market networks. Um, so we're, we're learning every, every day, every single day. I love and, it. And how old is the brand now? Who uh, actual market oh, launch officially? Officially, yeah. so actual market launch in North Carolina for Sunshine June. Yep. Um, other states have followed actually, and I think we're in seventeen and about to be forty uh, by Q one of next year. <laughs> wow, uh, seventeen to forty. I was like, maybe pick twenty in <laughs> yeah. there. You're like, nope, forty. Well, that's it, awesome. It, it, some of the control it, states like North Carolina, yeah. you can just sort of you you can put it in there, and it's 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 a, gonna it's work a, though. I mean, that's something that my wife would drink, and my wife would never tell you she would have whiskey in her life. Right. Like she, if you, Oh, mm, I'm good. And she tasted that. She would love it. Right. Which is awesome. Now you guys mentioned uh brand and it was the name Sandstrom. Was that what Sandstrom yes, partners? Sandstrom partners. Sandstrom partners. All right. So you mentioned aviation. So when are we getting connected with Ryan Reynolds? <laughs> are we going to be the new, you know, shirt sponsor for Rex from AFC? Like, where are we going with this? You know, because you look at that brand now, granted Ryan, and the reason Wrexham and that whole story, I don't know if you followed that, but it's phenomenal. I'm a soccer guy. I grew up playing it, played it in college. The story of him supporting that city, but also falling in love with that city. It's more yes. than just buying it. It's what phenomenal. they've been able to do for the community. And obviously he has a huge name and, and he can sell probably anything he puts his name on. But at the same time, they had to go to market the same way, right? They had to do things the, the right way. And if you look at his story in Wrexham and how he did it, it's pretty phenomenal. And I'll bet you that Sandstrom probably played a part in that as well, as far as how you deliver. So have you guys gotten any cool, you know, connections or collaborations around that with Sandstrom saying, Hey, this is what they've done. And we're going to be able to take you kind of in the same path, maybe a little bit smaller, but we can get you to that. Yeah. So yeah. Um, and I got, I got, I got to choose words carefully here. Uh, cause some of it's still, uh, coming soon. Um, we, we have partnered with, uh, some celebrities, 
Uh, the first the first celebrity product's coming out in April. Awesome. Uh, I can tell you, uh, you're going to love it. And I can tell you, we'll bring this gentleman um, in to do another recap with you guys. We would love, love that. that. Oh, I'm yes. excited now. Let's do it. But make sure you bring the sunshine punch, too. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> but no, you know, it's, it's interesting. Two bottles. Yeah. Yeah. Celebrity, celebrity anything is it's it's almost overdone now right like it, it really is it's it's um the what this is sandstrom's philosophy that they have taught us and it's from working with amazing talent like like ryan like gal gadot um he, they they just did pantalones tequila with with matthew mcconaughey um uh, celebrity brands work whenever it's not so-and-so's vodka, so-and-so's tequila. The brand has to stand on its own. Mm -hmm. And it also only works whenever that celebrity, it's not just their name, they get out there and activate it. Mm -hmm. um, you see those guys um, from uh, Breaking Bad, you see them out there with Dos Hombres. Man, they are slinging drinks behind the bar. Mm -hmm. That's activating it. If, if it's just a figurehead, we don't, we don't really want it. So we, we look for what we do it, with all the brands that we create is we look for amazing packaging from Sandstrom, but we look for great stories. The brand mm -hmm. has to have a story. Um, and then we, we look to get out there and we, it has to be a disruptive liquid as well. Um, we've said no to some people that you'd be like, are you kidding? Um, but it's because there's no story there. Just didn't line up. Got to yeah. have the story. And I, I, I think one of the things we have going for us too is if you look at aviation compared to this, we're – we're so much better looking than he is. <laughs> I mean, it just yeah. really gives us a leg up. Yeah, um, yeah. I mean, uh, I can see that. Yeah, you guys so, can't see this, but I mean, we got two Ryan Reynolds. That, here. that is I mean, the perfect podcast comment because yes. nobody will ever That's know. That's right. <laughs> so, yeah. um, and I love. I mean, what you just said was was brilliant. A disruptive liquid. Yeah. Um, I've, I mean, I've never even heard those two words together. Me either. Um, but it's brilliant, and it makes perfect sense. Um, I, you know, one thing I want to want to ask you, and I think a lot of people, from like quote unquote an influencer standpoint, I think a lot of brands, in which you mentioned this, they mess it up. They just, oh, if I get a big name and they make one post, they're going to sell the hell out of it, and I've just gave you know this person fifty grand to make that post, but that's not really it at all. Right. And, and I think that's interesting to have people behind a bar actually slinging alcohol. Now, in addition to using influencers, what about, you know, and this would be advice for smaller companies. You guys are considering like a startup, right? And you guys now have that brand power and you've got connected with the right people. I think a lot of small companies don't understand influencers. They don't understand how it can help them. So what would be your advice for other business owners as far as how they go to market and not just putting all your, 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 uh, your marketing budget into influencers, but what are some other maybe grassroots efforts you guys are doing from a marketing standpoint that can be really something that another business, no matter what industry they're in, could follow? That's a really good question. Brian kind of alluded to it earlier and doing uh, sort of macro work on a micro level. And we had to learn that and we sort of learned it the hard way. Mm -hmm. uh, we, we put a lot of eggs in one basket here initially and maybe a bunch of eggs in this basket. When in reality, uh, some of the people that we're working with now running our own uh, marketing, running our own socials, you say, hey, for the price of uh, a couple of tickets or for the price of a, a pair of Jordans that match our color that I think Brian even has on right now. Um, mm -hmm. Nice. <laughs> yes. You can do a giveaway or you can do a targeted market activation of, of, of hey, tag this many people. And, and our good friend, Jonathan, calls it the game of Instagram. Uh, he tells all of us, hey, play the game of Instagram. Whether it's that or whether it's, you know, TikTok's a little different for alcohol. Um, and has, has, has some 
guardrails in place there. But no matter what you're doing, it's it's trying to isolate how you can get the most bang for your buck. And I don't think we got it initially. Uh, we had a lot of people who said, hey, we'll, we'll take your product to the next level, sign right here, here's the contract, and you're mm-hmm. looking at the price tag, and they're like, it's totally worth it. Um, maybe it is, maybe it isn't, but we, we were able to, to put an internal team together that was able to, to grow, uh, grow our, our footprint and really get our connection level to, to a different plateau just through finding those local people that could activate for you. So mm-hmm. I, I do wholeheartedly agree with what Brian said earlier and just finding the right people in your, in your local markets. Um, maybe it's not 100K followers, maybe it's 10, but mm-hmm. their audience is the right audience. Absolutely. And, and there's also a lesson we had to learn that I would strongly encourage anybody that's building a brand from start. Uh, we are an instant gratification society. Like we, we want our results, we want them now. And I think a lot of times new brands forget there's a step in between creating demand and that step is called creating awareness Mm -hmm. and they have to invest in the brand awareness piece of it first Mm -hmm. before you can actually start creating the demand Um, and so I would say to do that um, spend your focus on um, the the people places where the people are going to buy your stuff so one of the things we pivoted on was Find food if, if you're in a spirits company and find find foodies, mm-hmm. find, find mixologists, um, and that's what we focused on a lot. Um, but then th- there's a difference between throwing a bunch of content out there just up against the wall versus engaging content. Like if you th- the, the right influencers. People want us. Like, I don't know if you guys know who the qualified captain is. He, oh, he, hell yeah. Dude, one of my favorite. I love that. Every day I'm on his page. Love that guy. Hilarious. And, and, and he'll never run out of content. Ever. Ever. <laughs> ever. Every time I post Sadly, with him, sadly no. Ever. <laughs> Voters, yeah. I'm going to watch it. I feel mm-hmm. like he'd be a great guy for it, y'all. We've, we've, we thought about yeah. it. But that's an example of people follow that guy and not just boaters follow that guy because he's got engaging content. Like <laughs> put your stuff out there that, oh, it's just another drink shot. No, like make it engaging. Mm-hmm. Like those are just some things that we've kind of picked up the hard way. Well, <laughs> incorporating in daily lifestyle, right? Like that's yeah. what we talk about with, mm-hmm. with branded merchandise. Like you want product that are in, in, folks' daily lives, mm-hmm. you know? Um, that's yeah. where you get the real content and authenticity from it, right? Yeah, and um, in our world, we create apparel you want to wear, not apparel you have to wear, right? And, and and that is driven really through retail, working with organizations and developing things that if your best friend doesn't work for that company, they still think it's freaking awesome and they want to wear one, that's right? Exactly. That's the gold. It doesn't matter what your brand is. It doesn't even matter what it says. But the reality is if Bob next door is like, damn, that hoodie's dope. I want one. Well, guess what? Bob's wearing that to Harris Teeter. He's wearing it to the baseball stadium. Somebody's going to be like, hey, what is what the hell is Sunshine Punch? And now you have a conversation, right? It's organic, it's it's authentic, and it's real. I want to ask you specifically, and and you, I don't know if you know you know this answer, but you mentioned um, through Instagram and and having that engaging following. How do you guys do that to create engagement? through things that could be as simple as just somebody taking a shot, right? You look at qualified captain, A, it's hilarious, but it's also very informative. It teaches people how to not be a dumbass, right? It teaches safety while looking at somebody not being safe. It can be funny, but it can also be scary as hell when you watch some of those things. But for me, I have, th- I have two kids. I'm a lot more safe on a boat now just from watching the qualified captain, whether it's walking on a dock, like probably should know where you're stepping (laughs) when an engine, I mean, any of those type of things, it it makes you a better boater or a safer boater by watching his content. So although it can be funny, 
it really is informative. And I think it has helped save lives, make people more safe on the water just by an Instagram page that honestly is hilarious. Yeah. I, I think one of the things you'll notice on all of our posts is that we're posting the recipe. So typically you'll have a shot of the bartender mixologist making the cocktail in question uh, that will feature the recipe. People see them making it. They sort of see how that's done. Um, we always want to highlight other aspects of the establishment where that video is being shot or where that content's being shot. Um, we did one right down the road at Workman's Friend uh, that actually highlighted the food. Mm-hmm. And now, you know, we, we had a bottle shot in but there, in but, the back, but yeah. we, we wanted to highlight some, some local partners of ours that, that, you know, they make great fish and chips. Um, so a lot of times it's, man, I'm hungry. I'm going to go there and I'm going to get that exact dish. Oh, and that was also, there was a rum cocktail. Can I have that too? Mm-hmm. Um, so I think it's engagement, uh, again, across, across the platform to where we're incorporating the foodies, we're incorporating the establishment itself, we're showcasing Thirsty Thursdays is something that we've, doing, we've done, Feeling Thirsty Thursdays, and we try to get it out there at 8 a.m. in the morning because that's when you're like, man, it is almost the weekend. I could go for hanging out with the boys tonight and look up and there it is. Oh, this is an interesting post. Uh, let's go there tonight. And it becomes maybe for that person less about the drink and more about the establishment of the locale. But, you know, mentally, the two things are tied together. So that's absolutely brilliant. And this is how we have tried to go to market on our social media. And the reason behind that is for me, I can post a picture of something cool that we've created, but it doesn't matter. Like, cool. Anybody can create something cool. What is the story behind the brand that we created that for? Right. How can we promote their brand? If it's a construction company, what have they done for nonprofits? What have they done that's different? Yeah, it's a cool Carhartt jacket that we did and we decorated it pretty sweet. But the reality is everybody can decorate the jacket. How do we promote that brand? So what you just said is brilliant. I think all people that do Instagram and you sell a product, you need to give back. Tell the story of the people that are selling your product, that are using your product. And I think you absolutely nailed it. I rarely hear that on this podcast, what you guys just did from a social media standpoint. So kudos, man. I don't even have a question. Just freaking <laughs> oh, awesome. And, and, and again, now I, now I have to pay Jonathan another compliment. <laughs> Jonathan just got a raise. Yeah. Sloat, we're missing you, man. Yeah. Um, t- so bar brands. Uh, bar brands is more than just sunshine, sunshine punch. Yeah. Tell us, tell us a little bit about what's going on there and how you're diversifying. Yeah, it, it, it man, there's there's about five different points that kind of converged on this thing. You know, it started off with okay, Daniel and I are trying to figure out. Well, I got to go hire four people in Florida to uh, sell Sunshine Punch, and then our, our Montana whiskey team is like, oh, I got to go hire four people in Florida to sell Montana whiskey. Why don't I just hire four people in Florida? Yep, and let mm-hmm. them sell all the brands, and that was you know so this this concept of uh, leveraging fixed cost um, was was the first thing. Um, it doesn't cost any more money for them to go push one product than it does for them to go push ten. Sure. Um, so that that underlying structural co- um, piece of it, but then we had this amazing relationship we were developing with Sandstrom, and you know that one we we realized we had the best brand creation firm in the country. Um, wanting to create brands with us. And so it was really those two concepts of, okay, let's create a true incubation engine that can create these amazing brands, but then have the commercial infrastructure to go to launch them. Um, Dirty little secret about the spirits industry. Unless your name's Tito, there's no money in running these companies. (laughs) Um, The money is made in creating them, creating a great product, 
and then carving them off to one of the seven strategics. Because mm-hmm. in the spirits industry, there's three levers. There's three layers. There's a thousand little single skew suppliers down here that are just clawing for, for territory day and night. There's this cloud zone that's completely empty. And then up above the clouds are these seven strategics. And anytime anybody pops their head into the clouds, strategic gobble. And then mm-hmm. all of a sudden the cloud zone's empty again. So that's it's kind of that dynamic of you know there's not any true true uh, incubators in this space. So um, the the other thing that happened at the same time between having those conversations is we met some awesome folks in uh, Wilkesboro, North Carolina, um, and uh, folks at the Call Family Distillery. Um, Say that's where all the all this began, right? That's well, moonshine and all this stuff. Well, the, that's you know <laughs> they're not unconnected. Yeah. <laughs> there's yeah. some good deep answer. roots there. Good some, answer. Some, some good relationship. But. Yeah, uh, my, when we walked in there, uh, and uh, our friend Toby that um, created Sunshine Punch is good friends with that family, and he's like, "Hey, you know, Brian and Laura would love to meet you." Um, and we walk in there, and man, it's like the the, the history on the walls of that building. And uh, Brian's like, I got a story to tell you. And, you know, I, I, I will tell you right out, out of the gates, whatever he told me this story, I called BS. Um, but he said, let me tell you a story about uh, the history of American whiskey. He said, you know, an eight-year-old Jasper Newton Daniel, whose friends called him Jack, ran away from home. Um, and he came to live on the Reverend Dan Call's family farm uh, in Tennessee. And it was there on the farm where, you know, young Jack grew to be a man. He, he worked at the grocery store. He worked at, you know, the, the farm. But he also worked in the Reverend's distill in the backyard. Um, and between the Reverend and Nathan Green, who everybody now knows as Uncle Nearest, um, and Jack Daniels, the three of those men created what is American whiskey. Um, and there's court documents. We have copies of them where— you know, Jack and the Reverend started the seventh distillery to ever get a federal distillery permit. That's why they call it number, number seven. seven. Hey, okay. Number seven That's district. Really four. cool. They started the seventh distillery to ever get a distillery permit, and things were going well. And then the temperance movement set in, and um, and the Reverend was forced to choose between his congregation. And that, that, the devil's white dog. I, I like to tell people there's <laughs> yes. a thin there's a thin line between Saturday night and Sunday morning. Like, <laughs> Saturday night, the Reverend the Reverend's out there. He, he's he's with the steel, and Sunday morning he's sweating it out in the pulpit. <laughs> that, 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 that line is really thin. Uh, but no, he sold it. He sold his distillery to Jack, and the rest is history. But then um, the the family moved from Tennessee to Hell's Half Acre, North Carolina, the Appalachian Mountains, where they continued. The family tradition. And two generations ago, Willie Claycall and his best friend, Junior Johnson, which you you may Mm -hmm, have heard of. Of course. You know, they were notorious uh, moonshine runners. Mm -hmm. And they were probably some of the first people to ever soup up those black baddies with the kill switches on them and just outrun the revenue man, the back roads of Boots of hazard up there. (laughs) You know, and uh, Junior got popped a couple times and he said, well, to heck with this. I'm going to go do this NASCAR thing. Let's let's see what that's all about. And then, uh, man, Willie Clay kept doing it. And uh, Willie Clay is known to this day as the uncatchable because the revenue man never caught Willie Clay. But that's that's Brian Lara's – that's, that's Brian's father. And so, wow. long that's story cool. story. He told that's us all really that story, cool. and I, I called BS. But but sure enough, I, he said, go look at uh, Jack Daniels' website. We went on Jack Daniels, right there it is. 
Wow. He said, go look at Uncle Nearest's website. It's right there. And so what this product is, it, it, it's a it's an homage to the Reverend. Um, you know, in terms of brands, because, you know, this is about brands. Um, got an amazing story. Like, that's half the battle. Like, you know, Sandstrom has always said, we spend most of our time trying to create a story. You've got one just gifted to you here. Now, how do you how do you design the rest of it around it? This, this product has an amazing story. Uh, Sandstrom created an amazing package. Um, it's also a great liquid. Um, I, I'm a bourbon guy. Daniel's a bourbon guy. I didn't want to compete in a highly competitive bourbon space with this. So what I said is, let, let's go put a bourbon and call it a whiskey. Mm-hmm. And that mm-hmm. way we'll be the best damn American whiskey on the market instead of a really good bourbon. So we've got a great liquid. I think you ought to pop that just because it's fine. Yeah, let's try it. Um, but then, you know, the important thing here is 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 oh, for consumers. Pop on the air. It, I love it, it. It's that concept of perceived value. Mm-hmm. And so I think we have given the consumers a $60 bottle of whiskey at an everyday man's drinking price of $35. Mm-hmm. And if you can create that in, in the consumer's mind, if you can create that perceived value, that's how you get loyal followings. Man, I'm getting a good good price on this. Love that. Daniel, did I, did I butcher that? or No, not at all. I think that's the shortest you've ever told that story. <laughs> um, that's a great story. And, and, and I do pick on Brian sometimes. When he gets real into that story, the accent changes just a little bit. It gets, <laughs> it gets a little more back a, to his roots. I mean, we're all North Carolina guys, but... Uh, I grew up on a farm in North Carolina. It's where? There. Where'd you grow up? A uh, little town called Welcome. Welcome. It's uh, right in between Lexington and Winston-Salem. Okay. And nice sign that says, Welcome to Welcome. So. Welcome to Welcome. <laughs> <laughs> Blink an eye, you might At pass it. One huh? stoplight, you yeah. might miss it. I get it. I love it, man. Well, now everybody's got a little bit of the Reverend Sour well, Mash cheers, whiskey guys. in their glass. Absolutely. And uh, Scott, I know you're a you're a whiskey guy yes sir um so this is uh thank you this is our newest edition um and Mm. uh delicious very good it is so good very good i'd like to thank ken barnando barnando i think is his name from charlotte bernardo from bernardo i should mess that up from uh charlotte bourbon society he uh, actually took me to my Mm. first bourbon tasting at his house and taught me how to really drink bourbon because I had only shot it my whole life. I yeah. never did, even knew you. He knows his stuff. Smell it, put it on the tongue. He had all the food. I was blown away by that entire experience. Man, yeah. I, I love I love Ken. Ken is Ken is a dear. He's a dear friend of mine. I have been to that upstairs. Whiskey, yes, that upstairs That's right. cave. He has uh, Ken is a, a great guy. I, number one, if you ever get the chance to go to that at his house, do it because you go upstairs. It's unbelievable the amount of bourbon he has. But then you go downstairs in his kitchen. And I think half of his cupboards have bourbon too. I'm like, how does your, your wife, his wife's like, I love it too. I was like, y'all are crazy. My wife would kill me if I started moving dishes because we have more bourbon coming in the house. Well, how and, and, how, and, and how and are I'm we going to explain to the Bernardos that a couple thousand Charlotte people are about to show up on their doorstep yeah. and <laughs> ask to go upstairs? Yeah, that's well, right. yeah I'll, I'll just throw a shout out to Ken as well, just real quick, because Ken, Ken was one of the first people, Ken and Brian Peters uh, were one of the first two people that, you know, I, in, in this area that I really, um, Made connections with in in the alcohol space in, in Mecklenburg County, and Ken took me under his wing, and and that guy's doing it right. Yep. And so I, I encourage anybody that uh, is not a member but loves good bourbon and whiskey to to go check out his his team because he's 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 doing mm-hmm. it the right way. He really is. His his story is incredible. Now I want to give you guys a shout out right right before we close this out. You guys were recently in Forbes. Uh, for the best Thanksgiving cocktail. And so the name was The Rise and Sunshine. And this is literally everything I love. It's one part sunshine punch, 
one part cold brew coffee, a cinnamon stick, and an orange wheel. Oh. It can't get easier than that. What? And that sounds damn delicious. Uh, I drink cold brew every day. I definitely won't be putting sunshine in on the weekdays, Scott, but I promise you I'll be <laughs> knocking that out on Saturday. That is fantastic. Um, before we let you guys go, amazing story. You should be so so proud of the brand. I, I can't wait to, to follow the journey even more. If people are interested in getting involved, if they're interested uh, in being a part of this or even just following the story, what's the best way for them to do that? Um, we, have, uh, we have unique websites for all of these brands. So you can go to uh, sunshinepunch.me. Uh, MontanaWhiskeyCompany.com, uh, the Reverend, uh, I think that one's the ReverendWhiskey.com. Uh, I'm doing this off 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 of memory, but I, I believe those are all correct. We also have dedicated Instagram pages to all three of those brands. We're in all the Mecklenburg ABC stores for all of us uh, Mecklenburg County residents who might be listening to this podcast. But we're in the boards all across North Carolina, um, South Carolina. We're we're expanding into other states as well. So. We're growing the brands. Um, we love our packaging. If you see them on the shelf, go check it out. Grab it. I mean, it, you can't see what I'm looking at right here, but all of these have very unique bottles. Uh, we feel the juice is even better inside. So uh, as, as native North Carolinians, so we're just super happy to be on this show. Happy to have the support of the local communities around here. And we're going we're gonna to keep riding this thing and expanding it and, and see where it goes. You know what this needs to go with? Down in Ocean Isle, Sunset Slush. Oh, it's OIB. If you put that, if you put their like creamsicle and you, oh my God. No. Well, if, if, be, if you're going to the, be the beach <laughs> in North or South Carolina this summer, I'm going to be upset if we're not in every bar. We're getting close. I love it. So, hey, All you right, guys, man, this, well, this is fantastic. Daniel Bryan, amazing. Yeah, the Reverend is super smooth. It's super the gift smooth. that keeps on giving, too, it, man. It gets it's, better. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Love it. We'll leave these here for the next guests. Maybe they, you Hell yeah. I love it. Thank you guys for having um, us. Absolutely, man. Thank this you. is amazing. Like we always say, please like, share, comment, go follow them on Instagram. Uh, it, it's amazing. I've been on the Instagram the whole time. I've kind of gotten a little sidetracked because I keep looking at all these recipes. So I think I got a weekend plan. <laughs> um, but thank you guys so much uh, for joining us, man. Congrats. And, and can't wait to continue to follow the journey. Thank, thank you. you. Appreciate uh, it. Until next time, you have been listening to this episode of the award-winning Brand Builders Podcast. You've been listening to the Brand Builders Podcast, brought to you by the Dunstan Group with your host, Scott Dunstan and Brian Young. For branded merchandise and apparel that makes first impressions and ones that last, check out the Dunstan Group at dunstangroup.com.